Welcome to Torah Conversations, a show where we discuss the weekly Torah portion read in synagogues all over the world from a messianic and Christian perspective for all believers, Jew and Gentile, to connect with God's heart for Israel. This week, we're going to be discussing the portion of Bereshit from Genesis 1-1 to 6-8. So if you have a Bible, we want to invite you to open it up and read it with us. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch your heart and change your life. Hey guys, welcome to a brand new series of Torah conversations where we're going to be taking a whole year on the Torah portions of the week that are read in synagogues across the world from a messianic and Christian perspective. Now, if you guys remember, in 2020, we took a whole year going through the Torah portions of the week, the five books of Moses, following the same schedule that Jewish people in synagogues read, and we discuss them from a messianic and Christian perspective. And I had a different guest on every week coming from a different background. We just discussed the Torah portions and it was life-changing. And we kind of pushed that to the side last year as a show. And we kind of focused more on the prophetic side of things. But this year, the Lord is saying, bring it back. Bring the word of the Lord back to the center of his show. And this is exactly what we're going to do. But this year, we're not just going to be discussing the Torah portions on the podcast, but we're going to go one step further. We're going to launch in the next couple of weeks a discussion group, a study group where you can become a member and just connect with other believers who love the Torah portions, who love Israel and who want to learn more. And we're going to have a short teaching each week that's going to be accessible on an online platform where when you become a member, when you sign up to become a member, you're going to have access to this short teaching on the parashat, the portion of the week, every week. And then there's going to be a Zoom discussion every week where you're going to be connecting with other believers who love Israel, who love the Torah portions, and we're going to be discussing the Torah. It's going to be really exciting. So it's not launched yet, but we will launch that in the next two weeks or so. So if you want to be kept up to date on this, just go on to tillzionsings.com and sign up to our email list and you're going to be informed on this whole thing. Well, for the first week, this is the first episode of the new series and the first portion as well. And I have my guest all the way from Israel, uh, Chaim Melspin with me. Welcome, Chaim, to the Thank show. Thank you so much, it, Master Frank. It is wonderful to be doing all this. is so exciting and getting deep, going deep in the word. Nothing yeah. better than Yeah, love it. Well, just first of all, why don't you just tell us about yourself uh, for those who don't know you? Who are you and what do you do in Israel? Yeah, so I live in Israel for about a quarter of a century. It wasn't born here, but grew up here. That means army, university, uh, everything. Here, um, degrees in government diplomacy strategy, you know, history of the Middle East, counterterrorism. And then I, I started with the help of God and through a wonderful partner, I was able to, uh, by faith, start a charity and leave my carpentry aside and jump into helping, uh, you know, disciple nations to practically 
God has landed people here through helping with the immigrants. Lots of immigrants come and we take care of them. Food, clothing, shelter, Hebrew school, job training. Everything that God says in his word he would do throughout this whole Bible concerning Aliyah or this wonderful Mm. uh, return home to the promised land, which I did and others are doing. Yeah, yeah. So tell us more about this uh, Aliyah return center thing that you do. What exactly do you guys do and who do you serve? Yeah, well, people make Aliyah. That's, that's, I mean, essentially that's immigration. And so they need to absorb yeah. and they need to get attached and, and culturized to the, to the, the tempo here, which is high speed. And, and just in Israel and just understand that they're a part, they're a son and daughter of Abraham. And sometimes their basic needs need to be looked after first, like food, clothing, shelter. I mean, just a supermarket full of a supermarket cart full of food or to be able to have a place stay for the first few weeks and get their job opened and find an apartment that's more permanent after, get that thing furnished, get their stuff, advice. Yeah. It's it's really a full, full, full time job. Um, and on top of that, of course, there's the language training for Hebrew, job training, mm. and and much, much more. We've got the warehouses, uh, about 12 Galileans work for me, uh, about wow. its changes, different times. That sounds biblical, 12. It's like 12 disciples and 12 tribes of Israel and then 12 people helping you with the return center, bringing Jewish people back home to the land. It's amazing to have these 12 Israelis, but then there's also many, many from the nations who come to volunteer or help lend a helping hand for a month or two or three. And of course, when they come from the nations, they love to join the Ambassador Academy, which is this discipleship Mm. school for people to come and and be able to learn and they go to the, our prayer house and so it's great wow great uh, that's amazing so so obviously you guys are a messianic ministry um in the land of israel yeah. uh, the people that you help uh to make aliyah are they believers or are they not believers and uh, or in between and sort of are they on a journey and how how does that faith and then bringing people back in the land kind of how do they come together yeah, so because we are a Zionist ministry, like a patriot patriotic ministry, a charity, so it, yeah. it, we don't we don't we have this this uh, motto: unconditional love in uncompromising faith is a motto we came up with at the beginning years ago, almost ten, almost wow. a decade ago, and and this really just means unconditional love. There's no conditions. Someone could have a hippie shirt on, they could have the black hat and the and the side curls, Jewish that look like. Yeah. Uh, and we don't have any discrimination. We say, you know, unconditional love. And primarily people are not believers in, they might believe in God, they might not believe in God, primarily not believers in Yeshua as the Messiah that we help. And, but we just welcome them and bless them anyway. And, uh, and we love it. Mm. We smile, give them a good welcome home party to their land, to our yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So some of these people, do they, have you seen uh, some of these people, or maybe a lot of people uh, who, who weren't believers when they made Aliyah, but come to faith because of, of their stay with you guys, really? Yeah, I'd say that the uh, whole engagement of people being able to understand that there are, that the debt that the Messiah of Israel is, is alive and, and well and and that people's lives are being changed. I think that that's a big, important thing for people to see visibly. And what it does more than anything, opens yeah. 
people to say, to ask questions and say, hey, you know, what, what's going on with faith? What, I mean, to ask deeper questions than just once they get through the basic, you know, it says, don't just say be warmed and filled. It says also go and step in and help them. And so uh, I think yeah. when that happens, uh, when I think when that happens, people are really more excited to uh, open and, and go deeper into what they think about the Bible. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, even if they don't come to faith, I'm just thinking uh, the messianic faith um, has not been widely accepted in Israel because no. people have this mindset that if you're a Jew, you cannot believe in Jesus or, or, or Yeshua as the Messiah. But even just the presence of your ministry in the land, yeah. that that in itself is a testimony that Jesus, Yeshua, is the Jewish Messiah, and he is here to fulfill the promises that God made with Israel in bringing Jewish people back home and then breathing just like Ezekiel 30, 36 that says um, uh, the, the valley of uh, dry bones, yep. and he, he breathes his spirit of life yes. um, into, those, yep. into those bones, and, and that's what's happening. And now the fact that you know that, Ezekiel 36, you care, because some Christians, there's a perspective that they don't care about the promises for Israel or don't care about Israel. They want to just go and hammer them. And, and I almost sometimes I act this out and I say, what do you think shows the love of, of the, the, the one who died for Israel the most? This kind of per person, A. You guys are all so dumb. You guys right in front of you and you're all going to hell anyway. You know, that guy, or this guy, yeah. hey, we just want to re love you with no conditions. You don't have to hear a sermon. You don't have to do nothing. We just want to love on you. That's it. And, and you just, and be blessed. Here's some food. God bless you. We are, we appreciate you that you've kept the Torah scrolls and got this to our table, this Bible. And we just honor you. And we don't, we, we hate that anti-Semitism is rising. We want to hug you and bless you with no strings attached. Yeah. We, we yeah. Think we're, yeah. You know, and, uh, and so I've seen that we do that one and it works really, really good. Hmm. I love it. I love it so much. So what's happening in Israel at the moment? I know this is, uh, you, you guys have just had uh, seven days of Sukkot yep. and then Simchat Torah was yesterday. Yep. Yeah, it's been, it, Israel was closed down a while ago. I mean, by March we, we opened up, but the nations didn't open up. America wasn't open. Canada wasn't. Now we're open for a long time, ready for people to come and continue to volunteer, continue to help, continue to join our Ambassador Academy continue to uh, be part and parcel of what, what we see God's got going here in the land of Israel. And yeah. uh, and so suddenly they came like a flood. I mean, so all cylinders, you know, banging on all cylinders, and you got people that are sleeping in the sukkah and the tabernacle, people that do the school, wow. people that want to. So it's like everybody jumped to it, and uh, so it's busy. Uh, very, It's the busiest season we've had for, you know, for two, two and a half years since 2000. Wow. It hasn't been this busy where you just are like, man, I wonder if we'll get to sleep, you know? And so, but it's good. It's a good season. We're happy to see all of our many properties being used and all of the programs mm. being facilitated. And it's just great. I'm very happy, very tired, but yeah. very happy. And, uh, yes. and you know, it's going to be nice when we can get back to our normal rhythm of life. Uh, not talking about lockdowns. Rhythm. I'm saying. No, no, no. <laughs> Good, healthy rhythm, but not too, too much, you know. 
Right. Yeah. I think just going to the uh, to Jerusalem to celebrate Sukkot, and even not just with uh, people from everywhere in Israel, but from the nations gathering in in Jerusalem, that that in itself is a fulfillment. I mean, partial fulfillment anyway of of prophecies. Zechariah fourteen, right? The nations flocking to Jerusalem and to to celebrate Sukkot for rain to come to their yep. nation the following year and i think for the first time you know the nations are able to go to israel come to jerusalem for the first time to celebrate sukkot and i i I think we know what's going to happen in the nations after this which is the pour outpouring of the holy spirit and we're really excited about that so we're going to be praying for that um well let's go into the parsha this week then the first ever parsha of the year it's uh parashat uh, in the beginning, which is from uh, Genesis 1, 1 to, uh, let's see, Genesis 6, 8. So it talks about the very beginning, creation, and then talks about the fall, and then the genealogies yep. and the Nephilim, and it gets to uh, just before the flood, um, just before then. Um, so what are your, uh, we're going to get into the specific um chapters later but what what are your thoughts about the portion itself in general there's so many there's just so much to unpack you could spend the entire we could spend an hour just on the first letter on, on the first on the word yeah that is on Bereshit, and what does that even mean we could talk about all language came from through essentially early hebrew that's where english came from and greek and and, and yeah. you could yeah. talk about so much but i just think that seeing that that eve when she messed up that hope, you know, when Adam mm-hmm. met that hope, when when Abel didn't know what to do, that hope, when Cain, you know, we yeah. don't always have the answers, but there's that hope, and I and I love that the serpent's mm-hmm. head will be crushed, and you have it hidden, you have it hidden in the names of of those yeah. in the names of the very beginning uh, descendants, and there's so many mysteries where there mm-hmm. people there, you know, and. and why, why is there, you know, you have, you have Lamech, you have Yerush, you know, Seth. And so it all is a secret message about the coming Messiah, you know. And, uh, right. I'd say if you look over, it's just so full. The Bible's so full. And I'm just saying, I was remembering as, as I was dead, my little legs off uh, last night with the chorus yeah. roll. And all of us, we had like 70 people in our tabernacle in the Galilee at the other. Wow. And. Yeah. I was like, am I, am I really happy that I have the words of life to dance with? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if Christians normally dance with the, with a Torah scroll, but I, in Israel, <laughs> and and I best ever. You're yeah. taking it out of the classroom and you're dancing, and you're this stuff is life. This stuff is what it's all about. Uh, you can get caught up in the in the little things, or you can go and, and mm. look for the prophetic future that we all have. You know, I know someone says, hey, well, what about Cain and how are there all those people? And how did he, he was marked, so who doesn't get him? There there was that for right. who to have other other sons. Of- My point is, if we look into the, prof- the, the uh, called, it's called the common thread, we see mm. God has prepared us and prepared us for everything we need for life and for godliness and for mm. the future and the, and the, um, culmination of this timeline called our existence <laughs> and wow compared to rule yeah. and reign as priests for the next for the next uh timeline or the next dimension 
Yeah, I love it. So, I mean, I from from what I can see, I mean, even just uh, from the get go, we see the end from the beginning. Yeah. We see yeah. uh, the Garden of Eden. Yeah. You know, Adam and Eve, and just multiplying, being fruitful, and multiplying, and ruling the earth, and that is really a yep. picture of the age to come, where where the Lord, it's what the Lord wanted from the beginning, and then Adam and Eve obviously messed up, but we know as people of the new covenant that there is the second Adam right. with his bride that the Lord is going to use to, to bring forth right. to rule the earth in the age to come, and that's going to be glorious. Yeah. Um, I love it. So um, chapters one and two talks about creation and Eden. Um, any thoughts? What are your thoughts on uh, these two chapters? Well, here in Jerusalem, sometimes you have deep conversation. One of the conversations was about the laws of thermodynamics and essentially mm. light bending, and what light can do, how fast light can go, what can go beyond light. Uh, the laws of during an eclipse, Einstein noticing stars supposed to be blocked but the light around mm. you know the moon so it's interesting yeah. to say was this light that flooded the universe that we could see stars that are light years many 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 light years away earth hasn't been around that long so how do we see them? could it be the whole universe was one solid flood of light and therefore you can see far 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 points and was this lasting mm. for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years or is each day a day which is 24 hours Mm. I would just like this just before, so we don't get into all that. I can just say there yeah. are mysteries of the universe. It could have been thousands of years until the sun was created. Because before yeah. we were living off that light. Plants were living off that light. Plants were created and they were living off the illumination mm. of the galaxy. The only way you can see a star that's trillions of light years away. That's the only way you're up. Yeah. We have been around sunlight. Obviously, you know, but my mm. point, yeah, whether or not it was trillions of years before the sun was created, who cares? We, mm. It was 24 hour period. 20, that's what it was. And it has to be that or else we start, we, we it, it, then, you know, it has to, because that, that would go against the rest of the biblical measure of days. It would, it would make the rest right. unintelligible. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, what I see is that obviously God speaks and then order came, uh, came out of chaos because right. the spirit of God hovers over, uh, right. over the waters. Now, what I find interesting here, Chaim, I don't know if you heard this before, but um, you probably have or maybe not. But, you know, people kind of assume that, um, you know, verse two, it says, uh, what well, verse one, actually, in the beginning, God created the right. heavens and the earth. And people assume that this, this is the planet Earth. But I think the planet Earth didn't actually take shape by this point because right. the, the earth was formless and void. And then, uh, and then verse six is God says, there, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters. And let it separate the waters from the waters. And then God made the expanse and separated the waters which were below the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse. And it was and it was so. So you know, I, it, from what I can see is that there seems to be um, 
when God created the heavens, everything was kind of mixed together. It didn't take the shape of the heavens and the earth. It's almost like just water. And you just think about the uh, the word for uh, heavens, shamayim, and then water is mayim, shamayim, mayim. It's kind of like connected. And then the expanse were separating the waters above from the waters beneath. So I, I think of um, a bathtub filled with water and then you stick a balloon inside and then you blow the balloon up and there's a little bit of water inside the balloon but when you blow up the balloon it separates the water from from the water Mm. and then verse 9 says let god said let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear and it was so and god called the dry land earth and the gathering of the waters he called the seas that is planet earth and then i was thinking if that is how it is then the universe that we live in actually has a physical edge and on the other side of that edge is actually water then i'm looking at psalms uh, uh 148 and it says okay. um uh, in verse verse four and it says uh, in hebrew hallelujah so praise him highest heavens and the waters that are above the heavens right that seems to confirm in it. Hebrew makes total sense because Maim water and Sham Maim their water. It's, it's the, yes, yeah. In Hebrew, it makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, this is the kind of view that I've never heard. You know, just being in church for so many. I mean, I got I, I wasn't brought up Christian, but when I got saved, I got saved when I was quite young, and I'd never heard this kind of teaching before. But this is what I can see. And then I was thinking, you know, right after it was created, there was a wedding. Mm-hmm. And I just think about the 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 universe, the heavens, is like a canopy, like a wedding canopy, like a a a chupa, right, right. And then right inside and right underneath, there's a wedding. I was thinking, well, the whole universe w- was created for something. It's unto a wedding. It's unto a day when the two tabernacles become one, be, uh, becoming canopy one. Canopy of the sky. Yeah, it, they, people might. Yeah, that I was married. That's how you do. There's a canopy placed over you, four people. Yes, and then the bride and the groom come underneath, and there's they we step on the cup, kiss. It's great. <laughs> Not yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I, it seems like from the get go we kind of see um, what uh, what the end of story of, of the story is, right? Right. You know, one of the things that that brought my dad. He was on a long search. Uh, he was in yeshiva, and he was just searching. Mm. every question and trying to find out one of the things that he said he started to say you know how do we know that there is a god and that things were all created and it didn't just all come here it's like he, he one of the things he thought it's like saying pretend there's a there's a lake of oil and then there's a forest next to it just pretend that those two things exist and then an a- mm. thermonuclear bomb blows up and then you expect that every oil forms into letters and splatters on the the wood blows up all at once forms into paper and then the letters splatter on mm. stories and books and volumes and they all become alf- alphabetical with uh, with a beginning and a middle and an end and a purpose and a plan and they all are stacked in a library in you know the big library in the mm. world that's kind of what it is to believe that 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 things just happened it's too unfathomable mm. to believe that and he said look at how an apple isn't the size of a house an apple is the size of uh, just the size of an orange is just a banana 
is just for us to enjoy. And he said, man, God does exist and God does love me. And and this, you know, a horse is just perfect for you to ride and a cat is just, you know, Uh, so. Love it. (laughs) All right. Yeah. And uh, chapter two talks about the Garden of Eden. Right and how it looks and uh, he he created Adam and Eve and put them inside the garden right. to to Stuart and what are your thoughts about this well t- again you said it at the beginning is we know the end from the beginning and Aaron had a yeah. steward like what a rabbi once said he said if who said if i knew the world would be destroyed tomorrow i would plant a tree today how does that make mm. how's that tree going to but it's it's all this that just shows this whole earth is about us showing proving that we are stewards we know how to steward, yeah. steward our families, yeah. steward our, our, our businesses, steward, be stewards. Mm. And so the first thing mm. he does, he wants he creates man and women, and he wants them to steward this, and he gives them the perfect place, a paradise, if you will. And mm. and, mm. and Ad, Adam, Adama, he comes forth from yeah. the, the dust, and to dust the body returns, but there's a living spirit in him which is the one that's learning in this video game called life where we have these things to yeah. accomplish in order to prove ourselves to be followers of of the of of the of the stewardship teacher the disciple mm. and and have having done so we earn our or we we learn our right of passage to rule and reign in the future so i see that happening mm. right at the beginning and we even see the euphrates there is an interesting fact that you got rivers and know that they're part of the border of Israel. And I know the Euphrates yeah. where those four angels are that hold back in mm. the future, that hold back the uh, four winds uh, that are under the Euphrates yeah. right now, four fallen angels, because they end up holding winds mm. as a bad thing. Right now the winds are blowing, bringing the Jewish people home uh, and rallying the remnant, the, the winds, the four corners of heaven essentially. And, but then they're held back at a point the Euphrates is a very big part of this, and Tigris, and yeah, I was, you know, so it's it's just the Pishon, and uh, and so these four streams. Uh, I just find that it's just interesting to study how they how they moved after the flood and stuff, but that's too deep to get into right now. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm glad you mentioned this because uh, I mean we're, we've been connecting this uh, these passages with Ezekiel. Yep. Um, but it seems like from from this, uh, just looking at the rivers, that the rivers uh, are flowing out of Eden, which suggests that Eden was not the whole earth. It was a part of the earth. So the, the idea was that God would uh, put the man and woman in uh, in the garden to steward, so which is the beginning of the priestly ministry, yep. really. And then they would be fruitful and multiply, and then they, they they go out of Eden and spread to the ends of the earth, and to make the earth look like Eden. And that's what it looks like in the millennial kingdom in the age to come, where when the the messianic temple is restored to Jerusalem, is that garden of eden condition but there's this river flowing out of the of the temple and then splitting uh splitting uh, splitting two ways and one to the east one to the west and just kind of bringing life yeah. to to the rest of the earth and the nations would come and then to bring the leaves back to their nation for the healing of the land right it's kind of that similar picture and what are your thoughts on the, the garden of eden being actually in Jerusalem, 
being actually at the Temple Mount. Have you ever heard that before? That there, I have. I haven't actually. Yeah. That's rivers are no longer flowing out of this spot. The flood has happened, and geography and whatever has moved. I, I don't even know mm. if all these rivers exist anymore. I know the Euphrates exists. Um, yeah. So, but there's some changes that have happened. But there's this there's this continuum thought of how Abraham was told to br- offer Isaac at the Temple Mount, Jerusalem, Mount Moriah. Right. Then David and the whole thing, and the temples were both had to be built on this very spot, and it's the hub of God's mm. interaction with humans. Um, it, and you know, we don't know where the Garden of Eden was. But in line with that thinking, and I can say a lot more about that at another time, but that it, it makes sense that it would be here. And Euphrates is not that far post-flood anyway. And it could be, well be yeah. that from this spot where it's central, it, it's central in the world, you know, and it's central all the way till the future, it would make sense that the beginning mm. it would be so as well. Just a thought. Yeah. But I mean... We don't obviously we can't know for sure, but it's it's probable. But I think what's what is for sure is that the picture is the same, yeah. right? So and and and, um, and I even just think you know the the the, tab- the picture of the tabernacle. You have the uh, the the holy place, uh, well the courtyard, the holy place, and the holy of holies. And then here you have uh, Eden, and then the uh, garden of Eden, which is a garden inside Eden and then you have the midst of the gardens and then you would see God uh, coming down to walk with Adam um, in the cool of the day which some believe that it's uh, the time of the evening offerings okay. uh, to to God it's it's that picture I think it's that, just um, it just, it's just awesome yeah it's really cool another thing that I, I find it looking at how social media has digressed in the world rapidly and is digressed by mm-hmm. the minute Uh, Thank you for doing content like this. That's great. And uh, we just need more good content. I I heard once Mike Pence, I met him and he said, he says, hey, hey, make, don't just complain that there isn't good stuff out there. Make it, make it right now. Uh, Out there and and share God's love. So anyway, I just noticed if you look at the world today, chapter two, verse 17, you you may eat of every... A tree of the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm. Everyone in this world lives in the knowledge of good and evil. Everyone wants the knowledge of good. That's bad. That's bad. They're hurting the whales. They're doing this. They're, I'm better than them. It's knowledge of good and evil. But what we need is the tree of life. We need to feed off the glory of the Lord. We need to, uh, to uh, you know, to uh, exalt Him in His temple and to behold His glory. And, uh, but people want to mm. be in this tree and they say this, they say, but there's good in this tree. There's good in the tree yeah. of knowledge of good and evil. It doesn't say bad tree, good tree, like tree of life, good, right? tree of bad, bad, uh, tree of death, bad. Mm. No, it's tree of knowledge of good and evil. But that is not the tree we're supposed to be focused on, but that's the only tree people seem to want to be focused on. So that's a little... Yeah. yeah, not good. There's a lot we can say about that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, glory. They were in glory and then they messed up and they had to be kicked out. <laughs> Chapter three onwards. Um, I mean, we talked a little bit about the serpent and and how there's a messianic promise here that uh, and God says in uh, verse 15, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. 
and he shall brew you, uh, bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on just this chapter, the fall? Yeah, I mean, I've heard many different things on it. Obviously, what is the bruise? That you know, obviously, the serpent is a picture of the enemy. That in Israel they call it Yetzerhara, or or just the human nature that is separate from God, or not, mm. not even necessarily that the devil is. Uh, has any chance of winning anything, really. God could snap it. Mm. Now, devil's locked up right now. But uh, for this, uh, allowing for a sea without a seashore, then there's no free choice. It's really showing you can choose. You're free to choose. That's what it's more about than that the devil can... Mm. I mean, he's a defeated defeated foe. Uh, But but the choice has to exist. And that's what I think it's about. Uh, What does it mean, crush the head? Well... We know that we know that there is still a battle for the final crushing, but Satan was defeated on the cross, and uh, but he mm. did bruise his heel. You know, I mean, if you want to call that getting crucified, bruising a heel, but and uh, yeah, so we'll, that's what we have to discuss. You know, but in mm. any yeah. of various interpretations of said, uh, what do you? I don't know what you think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Not a whole lot on this verse, really. I mean, what I can see is just that, I mean, it's that seed, uh, which is the, I mean, we're going to later on, we're going to see it's the same seed in Abraham, uh, Isaac and Jacob. And it's, it's that seed that we're going to see. Um, and ultimately, it's that same seed that manifests, uh, comes forth as, as the Messiah. But um, it's not, it's not crystal clear. But in hindsight, in retrospect, when we zoom out, I mean, it's, it's this plan uh, of this anointed one coming from the woman that's going to crush Satan under um, under his feet. Right. And uh, yeah, and I, I just think that this whole chapter, I mean, it's sad, but it kind of reflects how we, we all are. Yeah. You know, when we uh, yeah. when we sin and we kind of, we try to cover ourselves and, and then we would, but, but God would come and pursue us and we would hear the sound of the Lord. Uh, verse eight, really, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden right. in the cool of the day. Again, cool of the day is that appointed time of the day when they were supposed to meet with the Lord, but they were hiding. And then God was saying, where are you? Where are you? Ayicha. You know, and then they kind of started blaming each other and then they covered themselves. Mm. And <laughs> Those yeah. flaming swords are scary. I mean, some people say, I want to see an angel. Well, if they see one of these flaming ones, these these kovim, right, with flaming swords mm. turned in every direction, I mean, the, the creature for living creatures, the face of a man, the mm. face of, a, of, a, of an ox, the face of a lion, the face of an eagle, uh, covered yeah. in eyes, There's the, they move straight, those wheels within a wheels, Ezekiel, uh, Mm. wow no wonder they say don't be afraid people think they're going to die on the spot at this right but right yeah what do you think about the serpent because um it seems like i mean if if i start seeing a talking snake i i would be surprised but in this chapter it doesn't seem like it seems like eve found the the snake talking um quite normal so I, I mean, I've heard some interpretations that say uh, that the snake was actually uh, one of the the chilvim, the one of the creatures, mm. and uh, yeah. What, what do you do? You have any thoughts on that? I've never heard that, but um, because uh-huh. I don't think that an angel. I mean, they hadn't fallen yet, or had they? Uh, were there fallen angels at that time already? When did the battle happen before the foundation of the world? Mm. 
the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. When was when did Lucifer fall? This is a, these are good questions. I don't know if we have the time to mm. into the full uh, theories of what that is, but yeah, because we know that, that that obviously the snake fell here. So we see here the snake had where the snake come from. If that's the devil, that means the battle had already happened. Fallen angels had already fallen, and so whether it was mm. one of the, I don't think it was one of the cherubim, but because they implicitly follow the Lord, but they could yeah. have been a fallen angel or, or the devil himself. I don't know. It doesn't really so much. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's that choice being offered in whatever form the choice was happening. Now it doesn't say, he doesn't say, I judge you that you will stop talking. He just says, I judge you right. on your belly. You shall go. And, uh, yeah. and so, and so I think that uh, the fact is it's just that choice that everyone has to make. People might like to blame Eve for their problems, or Adam, or both, but all yeah. of us have made these choices. All of yeah. us have chosen yeah. something other than God's best. All of us mm. are meeting this same, without a Savior, that hope, we are meeting this same uh, expulsion from the Garden of Eden ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I heard people say people explain this so so perfectly, saying uh, the woman saying the devil made me do it, and then the man said uh, the woman you gave me made me do yeah. it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just funny, but God had to send them out because it's uh, because it because then I think uh, what does it say? Um, lest lest they eat the fruit from the tree of life again and live forever. Yeah. And people say that's cruel, but I say. Well, to live forever in that state of separation is not a good thing. No, you, there's. So it's actually yeah. a, it's actually love that drove them out, saying, "I love you, but you can't stay here because that's gonna not going to be good for yeah. you." And and I know that when when she said that there will come of your seed someone who will crush the serpent, I'm sure she was so excited. I've heard a teaching where in chapter four now, chapter four, verse one, and had relations with with Chava with Eve. She Thinking mm. birth to, mm. to Cain, and she right away says, "I have acquired a man from Adonai." But it, the way it's written, through, mm. it sounds a little different. It says a kibalti kibalti ish et Adonai. It's it could be it could be so in a way it's like I have re, I have acquired the Lord, a man who is the Lord. I've acquired. Yep. And yep. we all know Cain wasn't the Messiah, sadly, and it had to wait. Longer down the chain of of, di- of uh, genealogies till we get to the to, to the, the Messiah, but uh, but she thought, thought he said it's going to happen, and now here he is. I got I should never had birth before. Yeah. Boom! I've America, and uh, it's it's sometimes in our mind we want God to do things on our time frame, and I want to be the star of my little movie, and no, mm. God's like you're a part. We're all a part, and it's going to be a little longer. Then you be faithful yeah. and do your do your part well of the script. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, we have about less than ten minutes okay. left, so let's uh, just go on to a f- uh, chapter four, five, and uh, a little bit of chapter six. That's the end of the parsha. Um, I mean, obviously, after they left the garden, it just went downhill. Yeah. We ha- we saw the first ever murder <laughs> and then the genealogies and then until the point where the seed was corrupted and then the lord had to send forth the flood which we're going to talk about next week but um there's one thing that i noticed or just a little detail cain and abel they were offering they were bringing offering the korbanot to the lord is this uh, the grain offering the mincha 
So, I mean, later later on, we see in Leviticus, there are five korbanot. There's the Ola, the Mincha, the, the Shlamim, Chatat, and Asham. And then uh, it seems like when the Lord made the, the, the skin to cover them, it, it, that sounds like Ola to me because the burnt offering is the skin is left. But here is the Mincha. So, I mean, we don't see a lot about this... Um, you know the korbanot, the, the sacrifices, the offerings, and and we don't know how do they come to this understanding of offerings to the Lord. But um, do you have any thoughts about yeah. this um, offerings, and then from the land is unto worship and all that? Yeah, stuff? I just think it was the time with the Lord, and that they weren't just sitting around talking about nothing. They were each word was like fresh, like apples of silver, like like nuggets, and God was giving them. Hey, Shabbat mm. is the time to. Hey, I'm not going to tell you just name all the animals like that Cat Stevens song uh, that I grew up listening. <laughs> it's uh, it's no. I'm going to tell you these animals are clean. These animals are unclean. These because an- how did Noah, yeah? Who told Noah that these are the seven of this kind and that kind? I think that from the beginning they knew, and I think even at the beginning there was already this these fallen angels that were already at, as soon as they left the protection of the garden they were in the in the Balagan, which means hey, mm. uh, realm of the power of the air. And that, I always yeah. thought that when it says they forged all kinds of tools from brass and iron, uh, how did they learn how to do that? The Book of Enoch fills in some of the gaps saying that farming and tools and makeup was taught by it, some fallen angels called the Watchers. Now, wow. I, if, wow. I, if I, how much of that to get into right now, but it's, they had already fallen. They're already messing with things leading up to the flood mm-hmm. and but they're also supposedly getting enticed by some of these technologies probably not much different today mm. yeah i think i think this is a a very important point to make for our listeners because um i mean most of our listeners are going to be gentile christians who kind of see the torah the law as something that's legalistic and then it's this idea that god had given israel the law to set them up for failure to to make them learn that you can't do it in your own strength you can't earn my favor and then and i mean which is what ended up happening but the but the Torah itself is actually a reflection of the order of God. It's God's creation and how he works. And it, it reflects the glory and, and the character of God. Yeah. And this is the, and even before the giving of the law of Moses, we see some of the shadows, foreshadows, um, or not pictures of that, um, elements of that, uh, in, uh, even from Genesis 1, and even before Israel became a nation. Yeah. Um, so that's amazing. So um, genealogies, we have about five minutes, but genealogies and um, and the Nephilim. <laughs> I mean, it just get, it just goes from bad to worse, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, it does. It, I noticed they live a long time. They live a long time. It's probably because of the atmosphere and it's probably because of the diet yeah. and everything. Yeah, I mean, the genealogies, you can look at that. People can just Google. I think maybe just Google instead of going into... How is it hidden in the names of these descendants from Adam, the whole story of Yeshua's redemption plan? It's very cool. Enosh, mankind, mm. Enosh. You have, yeah. you have yeah. Yared will come down from heaven. He will tr- teach. He will train. You know, And so I think that it's, I don't want to give it all away. That's what I'm, I'm holding a little suspense. <laughs> Go and look at it. But just yeah. to jump right now into uh, chapter six is pretty, pretty interesting. How indeed they they if you look at the book of Jude and you look at the book of Enoch and you look at the book um, book of Peter first is it first Peter 
and you have this this corroboration of what it says right here in, in Genesis chapter six that they want fallen mm. fallen angels wanted on maybe mm. they knew they were gonna their time was short and they were gonna be locked up right now they're locked up in the the as in Tartarus or it says in Tartarus so it's it's this holding place uh, of course the Greek mythology calls it Titan that they're Titan mm. Titan but it's all the wow. same thing and the Bible never thought about yeah that. the Greek word is Tartarus and they're there, but wow. who's not locked up there right now at this moment in time where you and I are talking? It's the, the spawns. Mm. Their spawns are not locked up. And that's who we battle against, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers that are like wow. was a spawn even after the flood still happening. That's mm. too deep, but, mm. um, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? So they bore these children. They were, they were like uh, re reproducing of them and their spirits are still probably trying to make a nuclear weapon happen to attack Jerusalem right now in Iran. So there's, yeah. they're at work. Yeah. Get work, yeah. get deep mm. in the word and in prayer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, people kind of assume that the fall is like, there's one fall, but there's actually more than one fall because this is the, the falling of the sons of God, which is B'nai Elohim. It's like the, these, uh, the, these angelic creatures, maybe angels are not the right word for it, but it's this, um, this, this class, whole class of spirit beings that fell and then they became this, the principalities and powers. And then later on, I mean, in future chapters, we're going to see uh, the, there's also the fall of nations, which, um, which we won't get into this week. But I think just overall, just the wickedness, and yeah. it just says, uh, verse 5 in chapter 6, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth. Every intent of the thoughts uh, of his heart was only evil continually. The Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. And then the Lord said, I will blot out man from uh, from, uh, whom I have created from the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things and to the birds of the sky, for I am sorry that I have made them. We can go into about a lot about that, but we don't have time for that. But the last verse, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And it ends with this verse. Hope. Thoughts. <laughs> There's a, always hope, you know. There's always hope. There's always remnant. There's always a salvation and there's always a a what I call I call it Plan A, you know, mm. Plan Alia. These all you know, and I love this Plan Alia, Plan it A, is, and it's always there. And God's God's got it, and He just right yeah. there when it looks like the worst possible situation you can imagine. There's <laughs> that hope, and uh, we got a whole Amen. thread of yeah. Well. For the rest of this uh, this year, we're gonna discover. I think it's there's something powerful about the journey of discovery. We're gonna discover this plan. Obviously, we've talked a lot today about a lot a lot of these themes. But if you guys are interested, if you want to go deeper, I really really recommend that you sign up for one of these Torah discussion. Uh, uh, study groups. We're going to have uh, a, a weekly Zoom discussion, uh, hopefully launched in the next week or two. And we're going to talk about these things and share your thoughts. I'm sure as you listen to this, uh, to me and Chaim discussing this, you're going to have a lot of thoughts about this. So I strongly, strongly recommend that you sign up and just go on to uh, tillzionsings.com. So if you guys enjoyed this episode, guys, be sure to subscribe 
with uh, just type till science things on any major uh, platform and we're on youtube as well so uh thank you again Chaim, for coming on the show in the first ever episode hey it's a new year it's a new season thank you i'm looking forward to this year and i'm excited thank you for your uh, determination amen all right thank you guys and shabbat shalom shabbat shalom Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. For more information on Till Zion Sings Ministries and our mission, visit our website www.tillzionsings.com. For daily content, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Till Zion Sings. And lastly, for exclusive bonus content, become a supporting member of the show at patreon.com/tillzionsings.